So go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. So we've had a negative story of not having faith, not believing, right? So we probably need some like good stories of faith. So everybody go click. Ready? This is like for all you kinesthetic learners. Okay, go click. Because you need to put your seatbelt on. We're going to go through all of Hebrews 11. And you're going to get the theme with this. So the first couple of verses there. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. First thing, all right, just to, how many points did I say I had, Dan? Like 29? Yes, 29. Okay, if you're taking those 29 points. So I can't go for the record for time because I'll probably get in trouble, but I do have the most points. Faith is the living expression of the truth to be accomplished. Do you understand that? Faith is you living out the truth of what will be accomplished. Second, by faith we believe in creation ex nihilo. The word of God created everything. That's what it says. The fathers of our faith believed in these things and they had a good testimony. Verse four, we get into some stories. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gift and through it, he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that we did not see death or he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. So if we look at these early patristic fathers, Abel, we learn from Abel, by faith we lose our life in obedience. God testified to his gift, didn't he? Anybody remember what happened? Abel was obedient. He offered the firstborn of the flock, probably directed since the garden because of what God did. Cain offers what? Zucchini. All right. Who's going to eat? Come on. Wait. Okay, better. Broccoli. Sorry. But we don't read about Abel fighting back, do we? You don't read about Abel arguing. In fact, there's a couple other places it talks about Abel being the first prophet, proclaiming the truth. But what was the cost? Even though he's dead, he still speaks. By faith, we lose our life in obedience. Enoch, by faith, we can only please God. Pretty easy, isn't it? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Ergo, with faith is how we please him. By faith, we believe God is who he says he is. 
We don't make up a vision of it. We don't make up, we use our imagination to think that he's a black robe with a white wig and a gavel. We know what this says and we believe what he says about himself to be true. By faith, we believe God is good. Did you read that? He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is good. Noah, by faith we move with godly reverence in obedience. Noah's divinely warmed, warned the earth is going to get fried, or not fried, drowned, sorry. <clears throat> Wrong passage, that's Revelation. The earth is going to get drowned, and he moves with godly fear to make the ark. Now, if you, so who's been to the ark encounter? All right, it's been raining a lot here, hasn't it? I want you to imagine Pastor Eric building the ark in the parking lot when you come on Sunday at 8.30. Even us would be like, what is going on? Now it's in the middle of an unbelieving world and he starts this mammoth construction. Okay? That guy's delusional. That guy's on something. You can, you can just imagine and yet during that time, if you remember what he, what he said, is he still preached the truth while he was building. Moving on to Abraham, by faith Abraham obeyed. Verse 8, when he was called out, or called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. You want to talk about a road trip? Well... By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Key phrase, verse 10, that you'll see that again. 11, his wife, by faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. Code word, she was old too. Actually, she was like 90. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. What do we learn about Abram at this time? By faith, we move cross country at God's direction. Simple. God said it, move, cruise up to Haran, Terah dies, they go down into the promised land because God said so. Sarah, by faith we depend upon God for the miraculous. Because in there a couple times, Abraham's, Abraham's good as dead, Sarah's well past age. It's just a nice way of saying they were really, really old and they had a kid. Verse 13 through 16 is key. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. Is like anybody getting that? They lived the entirety of their life by faith, not getting rewarded tomorrow morning on Thursday. They did not receive the promise. And what is it? But having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. 
For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. The fathers of our faith believed in God's future fulfillment of his word, that their eternal life would be with him in a city that he built. That's the faith of our Old Testament fathers particularly. But it crosses over to the New Testament. Remember what Jesus said in John 14, verses 1 through 4. Let not your heart be troubled. You believed in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. This is the promise. Listen, some of you have houses, and I'm telling you, it's just a VRBO right now. Your house is with God. And by faith, we live our lives because God said, if you believe, you're with me for eternity. Jesus, you believe in me, I gotta go prepare a place for you and I'll come back and get you. That's not the only place. John 3, or Philippians 3, verse 20, Paul writes, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In thinking about, do we believe? Do we have faith? Is is the materialism of this world a ball and chain to the reality of us walking by faith each and every day? We can become more concerned about our job, our money, what car we drive, where we live at, and go on and on. Not that essentials are not necessary, but we don't live our lives for him. And two, uh, no, I can't, sorry. Almost got that squirrel going. Not gonna do it. (laughs) Woo! Yeah, I am. 2005, and I can't remember their names. This term was invented because this is what was seen in American Christianity. Moral, therapeutic deism. I believe that God exists, I'm a good person, I go to church to feel good. That is American Christianity. Look at verse 17, back to Abraham. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Back to Abraham, by faith we obey despite the appearance of failure. 
Can you imagine Abraham? God has fulfilled his promise. You have an heir. It's through, through your 90-year-old wife, Isaac, and she's 105 right now when you're going to Mount Moriah. Okay? You already screwed it up because you tried to fulfill God's promise by having sex with the handmaiden. Didn't work, did it? So God still fulfills the promise, and he said, this is who's going to be your blessing, not Eliezer, your servant, not Ishmael, your solution to the promise, but Isaac. And he says, take them here, tie them up, offer them as a sacrifice. And Abraham believed God for his word that Isaac was his inheritance. And if it really happened, he was going to raise him from the dead. Is that faith? It is, isn't it? And then we have Isaac and the things with Isaac and Jacob is talking about blessing for things that they realized was in the future. When Jacob blesses Ephraim and Manasseh, he talks about how big those tribes get. And these are kids like this. By faith, we bless others through knowing God's plan. They knew what it was. And that's where those blessings came from. Joseph, did you see that? Made mention of the departure. How long was it between Joseph kicking the bucket and the departure? School discipleship. How many years? 400. Okay, you guys don't get a gold star. You weren't loud enough. Uh, We're going to have a repetition of Genesis in Exodus next week. 400 years. Joseph says, when you guys leave here, take my bones with you. He had faith because he knew what God's plan was. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. They were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. As we look at this section in the life of Moses, first of all, it was his parents that had faith. Remember, there arose a a king who did not know Joseph. And there came to a point he ordered the Hebrew midwives to kill any male that was born. Okay, so this was after Aaron is already born, so he's good, because Aaron's like three plus years older than Moses. But now there's a new decree. Hey, there's too many people. They're going to take over our country. So I want you to kill all of them. But Moses' parents didn't. Listen, this is a huge one. I could have stuck on here for 45 minutes. By faith, we obey God when the government pushes disobedience. If I had my milk crate, I'd get on it. So you're going to hear it a little bit. Because the government right now is calling you to be disobedient to a holy life. They're calling you to be disobedient to the sanctity 
of life that God creates. They are calling you to be disobedient to the design of humanity, to deny how humanity is created and call it something else. And last, they are calling you to disobedience to the design of what God has created as relationship. Do you understand that? That is our government right now. They are saying, you have to disobey your God or we're gonna take your money and throw you in jail. Just to open your eyes, do you know it's illegal to homeschool in Germany? Did you know that? Anybody? I need some encouragement, so if you don't know it, still raise your hand, please. Okay, do you, do you know it? There's a, there's a book by Erwin Lutzer, Seven Lessons Learned from Nazi Germany. Erwin Lutzer was the pastor of Moody Bible Church for 35 years. This book was written in 2010. That law in Germany is from 1930s with Hitler. The children belong to the state. Okay. Okay, I'll get off the soapbox. If we keep going through the story by faith, we identify with God's people despite cultural rejection. By faith, we don't fear ungodly people. By faith, we obey because disobedience costs. What would have happened if they didn't put the blood on the doorpost and the lintel? What would have happened? Firstborn would have been killed. By faith, we obey because disobedience costs. By faith, we walk when squeezed by the enemy. Now, you read the story. It's enough faith for Moses. Hey, you need to pick your staff up looking at this water. And I won't get into the debate of the Red Sea or the Reed Sea. One is the Reed Sea is a much more greater miracle. Those dudes drowned in like three feet of water. Okay. But Israel took a step and they walked because they had to step onto that dry ground knowing the water wasn't going to come upon them. Verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Jericho, by faith, we obey despite irrationality. Because if they would have just used logic and reason, would they have obeyed? What? You want me to walk around one time, blow the trumpets, and the seventh day seven times and blow the trumpets? This is crazy. This makes no sense. We know how those walls are built. We know how these things are. Nothing's going to happen with us walking around. Rahab, by faith we preserve life. She believed who God was and who he said he was. Those spies came and she hid them. And we can go into numerous stories, especially during World War II, of people that believed God, they believed in the sanctity of life, and they hid people that the Nazis wanted to kill because of their ethnicity. Verse 32 what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith 
subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. By faith we subdue kingdoms. Our weapons are not physical. They're not carnal, they're not fleshly. They're spiritual. And they tear down stuff. All those things that the government is telling us to be disobedient to, the holiness of life, the design of humanity, design of relationship, those things can be torn down by our God. By faith, we work righteousness. By faith, we obtain promises. By faith, we're delivered from death. By faith, we are supernaturally empowered to fight. By faith, we believe in the resurrection. Those are all great, aren't they? Quenching fire. It's a cool story in Daniel, isn't it? Okay. Nothing happens. They don't even smell like smoke when they're done. And the dudes that were throwing them in get fried. Quenched fire. But I want you to look at the next section. Because this is by faith too. Others were tortured. Not accepting deliverance. That they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourgings. Yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. Anybody want to sign up now to walk by faith? By faith we suffer for the truth of the gospel. This is talking about prophets and apostles suffering for the truth of what God has said and what God told them to say to the culture that was around them. By faith, we endure poverty for our belief in God's word about who he is, what he has said, and what he will do. There may come a time in our life you just have, somebody has a bad day at work and they're telling you how bad things are and it might have been somebody died and this simple thing, I'll pray for you and you get fired. That is what is beginning to happen in our culture. Verse 39, and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. This just blows my mind. You know, if we, we went and we read through all of these stories, didn't we? And some of you know the Old Testament dudes as well. Like Jeremiah, weeping prophet. Why? Nobody liked him. Okay? Thrown in a pit, up to his armpits in, in muck and mire and who knows what else. Okay? Because he's proclaiming the word of God. They died. They were beat, and they didn't obtain the promise. But they were steadfast through all of it. Anybody read Fox's Book of Martyrs? It 
So I'm not a, a big vision guy at all, okay? And I'm not talking about superheroes. But I just, it's hearing some of the things in the culture, I can imagine one of our Super Bowls, well, of course, we never know it'll, if it'll happen in Denver again, but one of our Super Bowls, I want you to imagine the national anthem gets played and everybody's great. And all of a sudden you, you see four people walk out in chains in an orange jumpsuit and behind them are, are some federal law enforcement. And then you hear the charges read about disloyalty to the government of being traitors because they didn't use proper pronouns. Because they adhered to biology. Because they said it's wrong to kill a baby. Because they said they believe in God. And they're forced on their knees and a gun to the back of their head, they're killed. Then stretchers come out and roll them off the field and then the ref comes out with the captains and flips the coin to start a game. You know, there's plenty of people that think I'm crazy, so I really don't care. But do you understand the only difference between what I just described is that stuff was happening in the first two centuries after Christ was gone. You won't burn incense to Caesar? Okay. You're the entertainment in the stadium with gladiators, with lions, with fire. By faith, they kept going, not having received the promise. They obtained a good testimony. Verse 39, they retained, and all these having obtained a good testimony did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. By faith, we obtain a good testimony. By faith, we are perfected with our departed brothers and sisters of God as a community in the city of God with him together. By faith, we believe. We believe what God has promised and he will accomplish it. So we've seen these stories of faith and you're like, all right, where's the application at? Well, if you get arrested, don't deny Christ. That's the simplest one, right? But I wanna talk to two people. First of all, if you think I'm smoking crack and you think the Bible is a comic book and you believe nothing in there, I, I want you to really hear the consequence of that decision. The consequence of not believing, the consequence of not having faith. John 13, or John 3, 16 through 18. Everybody knows this one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And everybody's like, amen, that's awesome. Nobody likes verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. 
because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. We've read a lot of by faith of how they believed and lived their life. The tragic reality of not believing is condemnation, is hell. Because if you, if, if you really think about what you're saying is, I'm rejecting the creator, I'm rejecting the love that he's expressed to me through the life, death, resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. You're saying, I do not want to be with God. Believer, we should be encouraged, not just by the stories, but Romans 5 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given given to us. By faith, we trust that God accepts Jesus' sacrifice, has paid for our sins, and he justifies us. But look at the bennies. We have peace with God. Awesome. He's not an enemy There's not condemnation. There's peace. We have access into his grace. I say amen to that a lot. Because we need it, don't we? We rejoice in the hope. What does that mean? We, too, hold fast to the promises of God that we're going to be with him. And that's why we walk by faith. Nobody likes we glory in tribulation. But the reality of it is, is if you have a true relationship with Jesus Christ, if you have a true relationship with God, no matter what comes, by faith, you believe what God has said will happen. So as we close, I want you just to imagine with me for a second. Look around. Just look around. Imagine if we all walked in faith. Just imagine. Oh, our love for God, our worship. Oh, our love for humanity, our love to share the truth and the gospel with them. Imagine if we lived in the promises of God by faith. So the two questions to those two groups is, will you believe? Will you believe in Jesus? Believer, will you believe in the promises of God? So I I encourage you to come forward for prayer. Prayer of faith for healing, for deliverance, for reconciliation, for increased faith, for repentance, for salvation. to believe in those promises of God if you're struggling. And as you leave, there'll be some handouts on tables of all the promises of God to you who are believers. 41 of them that you need to be reminded of. And we're gonna transition to communion as Jason is getting ready to play and I want you to think 
about this. What happens with communion is by faith you're proclaiming, I believe this. I believe it. I believe Jesus shed his blood for me. I believe his body was broken in my stead. It's not some magic formula, but you are proclaiming, I will live by faith because what he has done for me. Let's stand. Oh, Heavenly Father, uh, we just ask that the, uh, the truth of your word would continue to speak to our hearts, that you, Holy Spirit, would uh, encourage, convict, draw, give testimony of Christ. Just as we close in worship and as we truly celebrate communion, is that you would strengthen all of our faith, that we would believe the promises of God and that we would live accordingly to it, knowing it's not works, but we trust you and we trust what you have told us will come to pass. And we thank you so much for your love for us and what Christ has done for us. And we ask it in the power of Jesus' name. Amen.